Does anyone truly have creative freedom? Welcome to Article 10, a podcast from Sirius where musicians interview musicians on music, societal issues, and what freedom of expression means to them. I'm DJ and music journalist Tina Edwards, and on this episode, we're going to be hearing from two engaging artists. Keys player and composer Bill Lawrence, who was interviewed by a genre-defying vocalist and songwriter, Luca Manning. Bill is a Grammy Award-winning pianist and has just released his eighth solo album called Affinity. He's also a founding member of the supergroup Snarky Puppy. David Crosby has described Bill as one of the best piano players he's ever met. There's some really interesting ground covered on this episode. Expressions of freedom through a lens of vulnerability, communication with audiences and developing an artistic voice, even when that voice surprises you. These are all things that Luca and Bill talk about so eloquently. This is a free-flowing conversation and Luca asks some really insightful questions. So, let's dive in. Hiya, my name is Luca Manin. I'm an artist, a mediocre barista and an all-round flirt. And I'm delighted to be interviewing the mighty Bill Lawrence today, who's a keyboardist, pianist, composer, and one of the founding members of Snarky Puppy. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very well. It's nice to meet you, Luca. You too. You too. Um, after kind of immersing myself in a lot of your music this morning, I've realised that like breaking boundaries and defying genre seems to be a kind of consistent energy in what you do. Um, and I think that's really exciting and something that resonates with me a lot. Um, is that something that you actively think about or is it something that has been a, a natural energy to what you do and exploring your freedom as an artist? Mm. So I guess I would say, you know, I, I think the the quest has always just really been about trying to find my own voice, I suppose. And that has been a long drawn out and kind of arduous process, but one that has led me down lots of different roads musically. And and I, you know, I guess basically my first album that I officially released was in fact my fourth I'd made. And previous to that, the three albums that I'd made were all still the a combination of the, the, the music that I that I love, but they were very kind of in specific categories. So the first record was a straight ahead piano trio album. And then I did a vocal album, like kind of singer-songwriter with me still at the piano, but I was singing. And then I realized I wasn't really a singer, so I needed to find a singer. And then I found a singer and, uh, called Rihanna Kenny, and we did this kind of electro-pop duo thing. And this whole kind of searching process over the course of probably about 10 years, I, I now look back on as being absolutely vital in kind of establishing my voice, which I think really kind of for me was was sort of officially finally realized with my first record flint um where rather than trying to categorize myself i just put all those styles into one and just tried to kind of roll with that and just kind of embrace the music that moved me you know so i'm classically trained but my first teacher was a ragtime player so i was always like my introduction to the piano was was always about having a good time um so i'm indebted to mel robinson who um 
God bless his soul, we lost him a, a few years ago. Uh, he was just a remarkable man and such like the perfect first piano teacher for anyone. Like he he taught every all the kids in like I, I grew up in Hackney near Dalston, and uh, he taught everyone around there, and everyone kind of just loved him. Uh, and he was just such a character. And and whenever he played, it was just there was just so much joy. I just soaked that joy up. I I wanted to be able to do what he could do and. Initially, I just did all the grades so that I could play ragtime. That was all I really cared about. And then I did the grades, and you know, so I, and then uh, I studied classical. Well, I, I did music A level, majored in composition, then studied classical music at Leeds Uni, where I was, where I conducted an orchestra and stuff, and had lots of classical experience. But then when I left uni, that's kind of when I really jumped into all the other styles, and and you know, I was playing in every different kind of band I could get my hands on. I was, you know, playing in salsa bands and reggae bands and jazz groups and pop things and uh, still classical a little bit because Leeds just had such a great open scene. You know, there was just so much, so many venues and so many great musicians playing. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's always, you know, I've always been interested in just trying to kind of take inspiration from everywhere. Yeah, definitely try to kind of but break down the barriers between the genres and just kind of put it all together. And, you know, because I think that the distinguishing thing is the artist. It's the artist's voice. You know, it's not necessarily the, the genre, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's really affirming to say that because I think I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And it's nice to hear someone else that sees all the the process as being a vital part of the the journey. You know, those albums that you made previously are are important and they're they're kind of, it's a kind of, personal archive of finding your voice I suppose or that's kind of how I've started to see it because I think sometimes certainly with myself I can get so caught up and worried about um past and, and future and then forgetting to just like do the present bit of like figuring it out trying the new things and if that's a kind of open you know display of that in forms of like releasing what you've done or whatever then that can be quite a nice thing to look back on and and, and join the dots and see the through line and as you say like the thing that makes it the distinctive continual kind of thing is is the voice is the artist oh, absolutely man absolutely and and it's like i you know I, I do look back now and i i do think that it's the process is everything you know a, a really good artist friend of mine he's a visual artist he he talks about artists he kind of he likes to compare artists um to farmers where he says like you know when a farmer is kind of that a farmer doesn't necessarily harvest their crops like all the time. Like first they have to sow the seeds and they have to grow the seeds and, you know, and then wait for the crop to grow. And then it's like time for harvesting. And, you know, and I, I think to have a voice doesn't just come out of nowhere. You, you, you have to allow it time to kind of germinate and, and to find out what it is, you know, and, and that's, that's a process and that, that needs to be a process. And I, I think, you know, the, the artists that like are suddenly well known from out of nowhere, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it, I, I think it's debatably a, a, a trickier thing to kind of maintain that, that sound when, you know, you, you it, it, I think it relies on a, a, a lot, a drawn, a drawn out process, you know. When I'm talking to any other creative I'm, I always kind of pose the question of like how much of oneself do you find spills into what you create and what you do I think as I said before I suppose the constant is me I guess uh, and my interpretation my how I feel about the music and then I guess the thing that changes is the context 
within which that's happening. So, you know, for Cables, that was my first sort of concept record inspired by um, a film I saw ca called um, Transcendent Man, which is about a guy called Ray Kurzweil, this documentary about this guy called Ray Kurzweil, who, who makes this outlandish prophecy that man and machine will become one by the year 2029. And then he says he doesn't necessarily believe in God, but he says God will be realized when man and machine become one. And this, this he's this kind of crazy guy, but but with these amazing sort of ideas. And um and I I just found a lot of what he was saying really kind of resonated with me with the the pace at which we've all kind of suddenly become victims of our phones and like I mean that's quite a strong way of putting it, but like how easily we all just signed up to suddenly being messageable you know all for 24 hours, 24 hours a day like and just the, the pace with which we've done that you know it does kind of feel like a the, where we're you know everything is the exponential growth in technology everything's just getting faster and smaller and and the the pace at which that's happening just felt so striking to me that i i made a whole record inspired by that and so it, it ended up writing this quite dystopian album um but I think there was always this sense that it kind of there's the, the good human intent will always kind of prevail, you know, irrespective of this kind of technological takeover, you know. Um, <laughs> and so that was my first sort of concept record. And, and I enjoyed just kind of previous to that, I just made the music I wanted to make. You know, I hadn't really thought about any of kind of any wider concept. And then for that one, it was like, right, let's let's really dive into this and, and let that idea and that message inform the compositional process and so you know I, we went to town on sampling the piano and like make i mean originally it was supposed to be a solo piano record and then i just got as soon as i let open the floodgates with the synthesizers then it was then i you know it was synth <laughs> it was just synthesizer uh shop oh yeah all the time man couldn't 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 help it couldn't help myself um but you know, so I think it's it's changing the goalposts. That's I mean, the the record that I've just done, um, that we've just recorded in Manchester with the Untold Orchestra, is an album where I I made the conscious decision to not write for drums and bass. So the ensemble is eighteen string players and me with a piano and synthesizers, and so all the groove is really coming from the strings. Um, and as soon as I made that decision, then you know it, it meant that I had to kind of write with that in mind and so there's a very kind of Steve Reich sort of Philip Glass influence uh to, to the sound and and I you know I feel like in just setting that parameter it's straight off the bat before we've even kind of started writing the sound is going to be interesting because you know it, it, to me that will be a unique sound where you've got the orchestra basically you know I wrote for the orchestra like they were a rhythm section I was kind of writing for 18 strings as if it was a kind of single guitar part you know and where they're just being really rhythmic as one unit and then allowing again some like the freedom to come in when I'm and with where I'm I'm just doing a lot of improvising on top of that at the piano and, and at the keyboard um so you know I guess uh it, it's just it's it's changing the goalposts I find is is how to kind of keep the context um fresh but there's always I guess there's always a sincerity, I think. Whatever context it is I'm writing, I'm tr I'm trying to ask myself, you know, I I'm trying to be moved, you know, and as I'm as I'm listening back to the de to the demo or whatever if it if I can make the MIDI move me, then I feel like I'm on 
like once I give it to real real players, you know, well, we should be good. So it's like that. In a way, it's quite a good sort of beta testing of like just if you can make the MIDI, if you <laughs> if the MIDI works, then you know, as soon as you hand it to human beings, then you know, surely it should feel even better. But um, but then you can also get demoitis, right? And you just like you're married to the demo, and it like it has to sound like that. It sounds like the through line is is always you, you know, like like you've you've had this extended period of finding your voice, and it feels like now you're kind of at one with it, and you're quite self aware. So you you know what moves you, and you're and if it's not there, you're going to search for it. You have this kind of natural inkling to be doing that. It sounds like, which is is really cool. And like to touch back on the dystopia thing, I think I really resonate with a lot of what you're saying because I think for all for how accessible we are we're like the most disconnected in a lot of ways you know it's like it's like we can reach anyone when we want whenever we want on demand yet that's made us so disconnected not just from ourselves but actually to each other like I feel like the world is so disparate because of that and it, it feels like these two things are just like so juxtaposed but like at the same time like kind of aiding each other in this horrible way and and I think also this idea of like heading towards destruction but human intent prevails i think like no matter how much destruction we see like in the world like when we look back with hindsight like pockets of joy have always been present like these things do not cancel each other out and this is what keeps me going like amidst like such despair there has always been pockets of joy as, as forms of resilience there's always been communities um there's always been that kind of like very primitive human instinct of like survival through manifesting i guess your own your own kind of like narrative and it's like no we're going to like get through this um so that always gives me a bit of peace of mind absolutely you're absolutely right man and it does you're right it, it feels like they're both kind of pulling each other in the in the opposite direction we've become more connected and yet you know less connected and they're kind of these two things moving in the opposite direction but then I feel like actually as artists, you know, the one sort of, like you were saying, these pockets of joy, like it's like a live gig, right? I feel like these days a live show, like a good live gig, it's like, it feels kind of more precious than ever somehow. And it's like, that's another kind of privilege I feel really as being an artist, just where like the job is to kind of create those moments and create that that sort of, that sense of celebration and, and that kind of, and creating those memories for, for people who, you know have come to experience that night unique to that moment you know and so that's i something i feel definitely feel quite super lucky to be able to kind of you know indulge in and 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 celebrate is is like sharing that on stage and and kind of creating those moments of those pockets of joy as you say you know because i think especially with that sense of disconnection like there's not nothing like a kind of like a like ex experiencing live music together with other people in one room that physical vibration that is you know that is that you can only truly f experience in the room like the the you know the the actual physical vibration is a kind of a beacon in the context of you know a more digital and sort of disconnected world so you know i yeah i definitely feel like a live show is 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 a good time is it would you say you're 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 Where's your happy place, would you say? Are you happiest on stage? I was just about to lead into asking you that, actually. Um, I really like that, that you talk about being able to indulge in in that 
and it's definitely one of my happy places. I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I, I, I'm every contradiction. I want like total anonymity and a very, very small existence. And then I also want to be at the Albert Hall telling stories. And it's like, I, I don't quite know where I'm at on each day, but it changes all the time. And I suppose this is what my soul is made up of. Like I, I'm, I can be absolutely nourished on stage and sharing that with other people. And then I go really introspective and need time to figure out how that all feels and, and what, what I actually want to say and, and what, what actually matters. I, I just have this kind of thing driving me that's like, well, why and what and and what moves me? Because I agree, like it is a privilege and it's something I'm reminded of when I go and see K Tempest live. They always start before they launch into their heavy, heavy words and stories and music. They always say to the audience, thank you for choosing to be here like whatever it's taken for you to get to this moment that could have been like a stressy tube journey that could have been that your fucking mum died this morning that could have been whatever maybe it was a great journey here whatever you know it's just saying like thank you for bringing your body into this room and like let's go for it we're in it together let's go and it's just a really beautiful way of like setting you up because I'm also someone that isn't afraid to to dip my toe into murkier waters like on stage and musically and I'm I I can I kind of it's quite cathartic a lot of the work I do so if you're gonna bring people to that place it's really nice to just set it up in that way and just going like okay there's there's actually no separation between anybody in this room because we're all gonna become anonymous for a minute and just go on this journey together um so I suppose yeah that is where I feel free um what about you I would also say man you know I feel like that your description there is sounds very normal and and human to me like i think anybody who feels compelled to want to sort of be on stage all the time and 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 tell the story is pretty pretty rare and, and unusual and I, th- I think it's also an inherent part of being an artist is to be sensitive and to be you know um thoughtful i think and and that you know is going to require some like some thought <laughs> some sensitivity you know that uh so like i mean there, there there are plenty of times where i you know i'll be on a tour and I, I wake up in the morning it's like i i really don't feel like playing today you know and and those are the those are the tough days where you're like where you're like you, and then you start questioning well you know hang on i don't feel like playing does that mean i'm i don't this isn't really for me you know and all those kind of questions and like and like actually i mean those days come i think often as a result of just sleep deprivation is probably the number one um but like i think it's very normal to to go through those cycles and and um and healthy and and i think it's kind of embracing embracing that for what it is i i i guess as years have gone on i've tried to sort of Whenever that energy has presented itself, I've tried to kind of use it in some, uh, you know, just try and make make use of it in some way, and and just try to be, uh, um, yeah, just try to use it as a kind of um, inspiring force. Like I'll get on stage, and as you say, one if if the room is full, then then it's like okay, you know, I, I like irrespective of how I might feel right now I, I I feel like indebted to these people who have chosen to come out this evening like you know I may not have slept well last night but but let's let's go let's let's give it everything I, I've got and and I I find that to be quite a in a way sort of useful like I know that no matter what once once it's showtime like I'm just going to give everything I've got to the music because 
that's what I'm there to do. And, and, you know, but it's kind of just trying to sort of embrace those feelings, even if, even if they're there, you know, and just kind of how, how to try and make use of them in some way. the stage where you might feel most free to 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 express without although people are watching you do you do you find yourself able to lose your inhibitions and get in touch with that part of yourself quite easily absolutely man and and that's that is what i'm shooting for honestly i'm i'm shooting for ultimate like complete freedom on stage and and i you know as i say i kind of it's almost like the goal is to surprise myself and like play things that I didn't know I could, I could play or that I didn't know I even wanted to play, you know. And it's like, it's almost kind of letting someone else take over, you know. And, and to, in a, allowing that to happen is quite an exhausting process in itself. <laughs> um, and to, and, but you, yeah, it's like, it's kind of letting go of the sort of a, a prescribed idea of how you think the show should go. I mean, obviously certain, certain songs are going to have more form than others but I, I think certainly when I'm performing solo like that's I like to I mean I haven't actually done this yet but you know I mean I'm a massive fan of Keith Jarrett and and apparently like he'll he'll often approach a gig and he doesn't even you know sure he's got a hundred songs in his back pocket if he needs them but he, he approaches a concert and has genuinely no idea where he's going to start or where he's going to end up and you know that kind of throwing caution to the wind like i think you know is 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 a wonderful aspiration to have and 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 something that i'm i'm sort of trying to explore further because i i think in in having that kind of freedom before you play a note i think that is really where the where the magic is but to really truly access that magic you 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 have to be kind of willing to just <laughs> re- really you know genuinely let go of of the repertoire and and just kind of follow your nose basically and and i think some of the most profound things i've performed on stage have been the moments where i've allowed that to happen and that's where i feel like i'm really channeling the most pure kind of side of myself i guess like you know and and that's and i, I can feel when it's like like that when it's really happening and and i know it's like i'm I, i'm excited by it and i i and you know, I'll, and I'll start making like you know, <laughs> just start kind of making noises, you know, whilst playing. And it's like, wait, like who who am I right now? Yeah, I think you also need to. There's also a real vulnerability to get to that place because you need to. It's it's like managing expectations. You can't have expectations of yourself in that moment of 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 audience of ability so you need to be vulnerable and be willing to fall you know and and maybe it's not going to work so it certainly excites me it reminds me of this boy quote that i've been this kind of passed through the mouth of a million teachers of mine and and friends and it's something along the lines of you know you should never feel too safe as an artist you've got to go out into the water 
and just at the point where your feet aren't touching the ground that's where something exciting might happen you know and and I thought that's always kind of stuck with me because my one of my greatest fears was like trotting up to gigs and feeling like I was putting a suit on to walk into the city of London and do a stock stocks and shares meeting or something you know I was like, I do not want to feel like that I don't want to know the figures and how it's going to go and that's just you know it cannot become that for me so I need to have an element of of fervor and, and healthy fear around it and and desire and and but also that makes me really vulnerable because I could all go to shit at any moment that's exactly it man and and you do I think you've got to embrace that vulnerability because because and I think if you if you commit to it then you know if you genuinely like give everything you've got to that to that idea and 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 you and you wholeheartedly kind of mean it if you you mean the note you know i feel like the, the audience will will be with you you know almost irrespective of whether they kind of like it or not i think that they, they 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 will be moved because it came from a genuine place that's where the magic is that unknown space the in between of kind of certainty and uncertainty is is where all the questions are and and where all the answers are god i sound like i've smoked a joint (laughs) who knows um i guess like i was gonna kind of say that a lot of what we're talking about is is creative freedom of expression it's it's artistic freedom and, and that is obviously an inherent part of of who we are and what we do how do you maybe you've not thought about this but like how how do you on a on a more personal basis feel about what it means to to have freedom to express who you are your beliefs your you, the way you want to live how do you shape the world you want to see and you're kind of like day to day it's it's something i i've only become i've sort of come to see as more important more recently i guess as the world has be- become more uncertain <laughs> debatably you know, uh, there's there's more questions to ask, so I feel like there's almost more of a responsibility to be, uh, to kind of be opinionated and 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 to have yeah to have an opinion and 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 to kind of stand by it. Um, it was something I I shied away from initially. I remember I, when the referendum on Brexit happened, I did a gig and I we played this tune called Red Sand, which I I say is like it's basically my one political tune where I'd say I I this is on we're going to perform this on behalf of the 48 percent remain and we just kind of we we the outro just goes on for ages and we hit it really hard and it's just quite angry at the end <laughs> and it's really just me channeling my frustration at the fact that we left europe and how we it was just such a silly thing to do uh, and just reversing history and all the rest but i mean obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion about that but after performing that a few people well one person said to me after the gig they said thanks for the show love the show but just can you leave brexit out of it uh you know and then i was like and then i i think i posted something online about it as well and i got lots of positive response and lots of negative response too about specifically about brexit and it did it just kind of put me off i was like i'm not a politician i'm a musician i don't want to have to get into this argument like i just want to make music like you know and so i kind of shied away and then I met David Crosby and had been lucky enough to work with him a little bit. And um, obviously he's very, very much the other end of the spectrum. He's very vocal about all this stuff. And he said to me, as an artist, it is our responsibility to stand up for for the values we, we believe in. So I, I, so I, you know, it's not that I'm actively political in, in what I'm, what I'm doing, but I, I definitely, I like to, you know, reflect 
uh, perspective on things. Certainly that was the concept record. I mean, I was quite troubled by this whole sort of the pace at which phones were taking over. And so it, and I saw this film and it resonated with me and Cables was my way of kind of shining a light on that. My most recent EP that we put out called Zeal was in response to the pandemic and we kind of recorded it remotely through the pandemic and it was kind of shining a light on, you know, our sort of just our determination to kind of get through whatever is thrown at us, you know. So I think it is about being, you know, reflecting the time. That is that is the role of, of any artist, I think. That was Bill Lawrence interviewed by Luca Manning. I love Bill's honesty in this episode about how musicians aren't always in the right headspace to perform, but they can willingly bring themselves into that zone. The story about having a voice on politics also got me thinking. To use our freedom of speech can be scary. It does take courage, but for those who connect with it, it's a real gift. Article 10 is hosted by me, Tina Edwards, produced by Tess Davidson, and brought to you by the EFG London Jazz Festival, which runs this year, 2022, from the 11th to the 20th of November. <laughs>